Well, good morning, everyone. Um, Don here. Unfortunately, Sunday's uh, recording didn't work. And so here I am, Monday morning. I'm re-recording the message um, for those who missed it. I'm going to do my very best to kind of just transport myself, use my imagination, put myself back in the moment on Sunday, and just do a recording um, kind of like as if I was right there yesterday. Um, and I'm trusting God that it... Uh, it comes out well. So here goes. Thank you so much for listening. I think it's a, a great message for, for Constantia Burgers. Uh, it's been so good to meet together for three weeks. I mean, yesterday was our third week in a row that we've been meeting. And it's just been so good to be in a room together. If you haven't yet been back to that Sunday gathering, do yourself a favor. Book early because we do book out uh, by the end of the week. But oh, just so glorious to be together. Um, it's not a normal Sunday message. Um, it was. It's kind of one of those family vision moments. A uh, couple of times a year, we kind of take time out just to speak to the church as a family. Uh, I wear two hats. Kind of the one hat is the preacher hat. The other hat is uh, the leadership hat that I tend to wear more on Sundays like we've just had. So we kind of get to take stock. We look to God, let the family know what we as an eldership team are sensing and hearing in God, what may lay ahead for us in the next season. And so good Sunday to be there, good message to listen to. If you missed it, it doesn't matter if you're not yet a Christ follower, you know, if you're new to the church, um, great for you to hear what's really at the heartbeat of the church, what motivates us, what's happening behind the scenes. And of course, if you're listening and you're a part of Constantinburg, then you're leaning in and excited for what God's got for us. Truth is, we're emerging out of two years of COVID and very much feels like we're coming into a new season, doesn't it? If you've been along to church, I mean, it feels like there's some fresh beginnings, some fresh stirrings. And as we come into this new season, I believe God wants to increase our confidence and expectation for what he has in store for his bride, Constantia Berg. And I'm not only talking about, you know, this next season in 2022. I'm kind of talking about our future going forward. Last week, uh, Matt hit the nail on the head when he commanded, he commended us for and and encouraged us to remain faithful. I mean, I thought it was just such a timely message. If you missed it, please go listen to it. I didn't give him the topic to speak on. That's just what he felt in God we needed to hear. It's this call to faithfulness, to see things through, to endure, to stay committed and consistent to God's purposes for us as a local church. And that's, that's how we're feeling as a local eldership team. After two years of COVID, we're wanting to stay faithful to where God has been leading us, to what God has been leading us to become. And in some ways, this call to faithfulness is more of the same. You know, we want to say yes to that. Yes to the foundation and, and core call of God on us as a local church. But we don't only want more of the same. We want to do things differently. We want to build strong. We want to build united in team, closer relationally, deeply grafted into the vine, which is Jesus Christ himself. We want to grow in prayerful dependence and we're building for long-term fruitfulness. And so to this end, I get to launch us into this five-week series called This Is Us. After two years of you know, being and feeling relatively scattered and very disjointed, 
we want to freshly nail our colors to the masters of local church about the kind of church we're becoming. In this series, we're going to be reminded through the scriptures who we are, what we do, and why we do it. I'm telling you, as I've been preparing and leaning into this upcoming series, I'm getting more and more excited and inspired. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss out on a week of this series. I believe God's going to lay some fresh concrete in our foundations as a local church, but there's going to be some brilliant exhortation and lots of personal challenge and application for our lives as individuals and, of course, for us as a, as a local church. But let me get back to today. To this family moment, as we look ahead, I want to ask us a very fundamental question, and it's this. Where does our confidence for Constantiaberg lie? Let me say it again. Where does our confidence for Constantiaberg lie? It's a question I've been faced with many times over the last four years of leading the team that leads this church. And, you know, no, no more so than in the last two years of COVID church life. I think we've been experiencing what's, you know, the phenomenon that's been kind of labeled languishing. The strange kind of inertia that COVID brought upon us, this lack of forward movement, lack of rhythm, lack of uh, real busyness and sense of routine. And the truth is things have changed. Uh, things aren't what they used to be. And that, that can leave us deeply impacted. Okay, don't tell anyone, guys. But truth be told, I feel like I, Donovan, as a person, am limping into this year more than ever before. You know, there's so much on the go, there's so much in process, and honestly, it's left me feeling so vulnerable. But, but here's the good news. In this vulnerability, God has really got a hold of me this week in the most beautiful way. When I was at my weakest, He's kind of lifted me up. And as I speak today, I'm trusting that He does the same for you. I'm trusting that He gets a hold of your heart and continues to get a hold of mine and lifts us as a church, I trust you're going to be encouraged that your faith will be built up. But certainly there's a, a corrective aspect to this message where some of us might need to go to God, you know, with some honest reflection and maybe, you know, look at some things and make some decisions. You know, there's aspects of this message I could never preach in another church. I could only preach it right here in Constantinburg, where I'm one of the, the fathers in this house. And I can do it because I know that you love us. You, you love me. I know you love God. You love this church. You want the very best for her. You're committed to her flourishing as I am. And so I get to, to speak this message with confidence today. See, what can happen to us in challenging times is that uh, we can start to look for things in which to place our confidence. So, you know, for example, speaking for myself right now, and Hey, maybe I'm projecting a lot in this message, but I'm convinced that many of you will be able to identify in, in, in one way or another. Is my or our confidence for the future and well-being of Constantiaberg in its leaders? You know, is all our confidence in the leaders? Or maybe our confidence is in, for our future is in the new campus. Now, I've been tempted to think that in all honesty. You know, if we just get that thing going, if we just move in and, and settle in, things are going to be fine. You know, we're going to live into the mission, live into all that God has for us. Maybe for you, as it's been for me from time to time, 
my my confidence for the well-being of of the church is in a season of peace you know in a sense where there's just momentum you know no curveballs no changes no trouble I mean, I've heard myself say the words, you know, if we could just have a solid run, you know, with some good solid wins under our belt, you know, everything will change and, and we'll live into all of that. You know, maybe there's confidence in theological convictions. You know, when we all believe the same thing and we're all on the same page, you know, then then we're going to get that peace and, and we're going to live into all that God has for us. Now, I just want to say about all these things, they're good. You know, nothing wrong with any one of these. But they're certainly not what we want to be placing our confidence in. They're far uh, less ideal than what we really need. You know, for example, if our confidence is in our leaders, if we're looking to our leaders and saying, hey, the well-being and the future of this church is all dependent on our leaders, we're in a little bit of trouble. You may be in danger of expecting leaders to do things that they just can't do. Maybe of being what we're not. Or even comparing us with other leaders and saying, hey, you know, this leader and that thing and this season and that leader. And what about these guys? How do they compare? You know, it's just not a good space to be in. And the leaders themselves on, on our side, I, I could be in danger of, of really trying to overfunction, You know, whipping and condemning myself so I can live up to these expectations. And I feel the weight of, of the well-being of this church. You know, people's confidence is all in me and I, I better get it right. And what can happen is we can also push ourselves beyond our God-given limits and the limits of our families and overextend ourselves as we kind of hang on our confidence in leaders. Man, no one's going to win when we do that. I think part of it is is... A hangover from from COVID. You know, there was so much we couldn't control during COVID, but what we could control, you know, and tweak the dials on was, you know, how we're doing church, how we're trying to engage with people. Well, let's try to do more of this. Let's go online here. Let's do this thing. Let's try that thing. And uh, and we we thought we could really um, tweak the dials, and that would be the thing that saw the church into the future. And we can still fall into that trap now that if we just get this right and that right and those things and this thing and da da da, that's our confidence. That's when things are going to take off. But but I just don't think that's what God has for us. You know, if we're banking on some wins and momentum to see us through, what happens when a curveball or a challenge or change happens? You know, I'm learning there are always curveballs. It's just the way it is in the local church that's filled with people. What can happen when our confidence drifts towards other things other than, other than what they sh- our confidence should be in is that actually our confidence gets eroded. It actually impacts and challenges our unity. You know, so much of the book of Philippians is written around the theme of, of unity. I'm going to speak out of Philippians today. And actually, as our confidence becomes horizontal and we start looking to people or things or events, actually, our confidence gets eroded because those things we cannot control. Those things are not worthy of our confidence. We start to live more horizontal, you know, looking around at things and people rather than looking to God vertically. What can happen is, uh, and it erodes our confidence, is that we take a watch and see approach. And we kind of sit back and say, well, let me just see how things work out. Let me see how those leaders shape up. Let me see, you know, what events are going to happen. Or let's see, you know, uh, how things go in the next coming months. 
And the other thing that can happen is that we can really start to drift away from prayer. I'm talking about that real dependent, persistent, expectant, faith-filled prayer. Now, when our confidence is in other things, we kind of start to talk sideways rather than heavenward. And also what can happen is our generosity levels decline. Because these things that we're putting our confidence in, they're actually eroding our confidence and not designed to bear the weight of the forward movement of the church. There has to be a better way for us. And that's what I'm exhorting us in this morning. I think what God's been reminding me, what I want to charge us with, is that there's a better answer to this question of where our confidence lies. And so I want to read from Philippians 1 verse 1. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, just love that. you picking up the affection here. This letter's from Paul and Timothy. He's writing to the church. I mean, he's writing to the saints and to the overseers and the, de- and the deacons. But remember, it's, it's together with, it's alongside. He's writing to the whole church and he's saying grace and peace to you. From verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Verse 8, God can testify how long, how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the praise and glory of God. We pray for us. God, we thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the power of your spirit at work in our lives that brings the word to life in our hearts and our minds. And we do pray, God, we pray that that your spirit would, would work, do its work in us, that your word would penetrate deeply into our hearts and our minds, that you would transform and change us. Amen. So I don't normally share this kind of stuff with you but normally when i'm preparing a message you know i take a passage like this and i study it i look at the background i look at some of the greek i i I do all uh kind of looking at different commentaries and then what i try to do is i try to summarize the passage in 20 to 30 words easier said than done but what it does is it helps to crystallize what i believe the core messages of a particular text of why uh, you know paul wrote this to the church and, and why it still applies to us today and normally we don't share that in a message it's kind of part of the back work why you know us often as as leaders as when you step out in leadership you, you're actually growing more than the people you lead because there's all the stuff that you don't share that you're doing as a leader that really edifies you so today i want to share my summary with you because I think it answers this question of where our confidence lies for Constantiaberg. So here goes. Here's the summary of the passage. It is God who planted this church, and it is God who will put the finishing touches on it. So all the while, grow in fruitfulness together. 
I want to say it again. It is God who planted this church and it is God who will put the finishing touches on it. God who will see it through to completion. So all the while grow in fruitfulness together. And it all hinges on verse 6. He who began a good work in you will carry it on till completion. That's verse 6. Now, we usually use a, this verse for personal application, and that's not wrong at all. In fact, uh, I would encourage you to make application of this message to various aspects of your life. But remember, today I'm speaking to us as a local church. And that's the greater context of this passage. I mean, we saw that he's writing to the saints, the deacons, the elders. He's writing to the local church. And so let me ask the question again. Where does our confidence for con Common Ground Constantinburg lie? Well, our confidence must be in God alone. You know, verse 6, it speaks of God starting a work in us. It's, it, it's an inauguration. There's a, there's a precise and clear beginning. There was a moment in time when God broke into your life and when God broke into our lives and brought us together and put us right here in this local church called Common Ground Constantinburg. And that's what Paul's reminding them. He's reminding them that there's this specific time. I mean, at 16, it tells us of the conversion of Lydia, one of the first believers in this church in Philippi. It says in Acts 1.14, it says, One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. I mean, who inaugurated her salvation? Well, it was the Lord who opened her heart. To respond. I mean, Ephesians 1 verse 4, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You know, it's true that when we, at our salvation, we act in placing our faith in Christ, but it's God who enables this faith. It's God who opens our eyes to see our need for him. Now, think about the impact of this for a moment. I'm not sure how much confidence or assurance, you know, we could have in our salvation if it all hinged on our faith or our track record. You know, the truth is my will. Maybe you can relate. It can be flimsy. It can grow hot and cold. It goes up and down. It likes to drift, you know, left and right. If the health and impact of our church all hinged and depended on our faith, our actions, our track record, our collective effort, we would have very little grounds for confidence and assurance. Now, the truth is God has a much better way for us. He has a more dependable source of assurance and, and confidence, and it's him. He who began this good work will see it through and finish it. It's great news. He started it. He'll do it. It's his idea. God never gives up on his plans and purposes. They can never be overcome or undone. And this changes things for us. Like I said, it, it brings a far greater confidence, but it also brings meaning to our journey. You know, in everything we experience as a church or people, God is using these things to put the finishing touches on our faith, moving us toward maturity, moving us toward fruitfulness. That means in the good. In the painful, the confusing, you know, the clumsy, the challenging, the disappointing, the unexpected of being part of a local church. In all of these things, God is at work. And as difficult and as painful as these times can be, and, and, and as, as much as they need to be processed, they ought to drive us 
deeper into God, deeper into Christ-likeness, if our confidence is well-placed. If our confidence is well-placed, these challenges actually drive us deeper into God's grace, His mercy, His kindness, and His presence. The truth is our confidence and continued faithfulness as believers is based, is based wholly on God's continued faithfulness towards us. I mean, Paul wants us to get this. He knows this is what will preserve the church. Guys, Constantinburg, God wants us to place our confidence in Him alone. He knows that God will preserve us, protect, nurture, and mature us. God will empower, equip, cause us to be fruitful. God will finish the work He has started here. Now, as you look at this text, you may be wondering, you know, how can Paul be so sure that it's God who started this work? I mean, is he not just doing some positive thinking here or, or wishful thinking? But Paul says in this passage, no, no, I've got confidence for this local church because I've seen and shared in the evidence of God's grace, the activity of God within you. I've been there. I've experienced God with you. He says we've done this together. I mean, I love the way the message puts verse 7. It says, it's not all fanciful for me to think this way about you. My prayers and hopes have deep roots in reality. You have, after all, stuck with me all the way from the time I was thrown in jail, put on trial, and came out of it in one piece. All along, you have experienced with me the most generous help from God. Let me bring this closer to home for us as a local church. Our confidence for our future lies in God and we know that because we've shared in the evidences of God's grace repeatedly over the years as a local church. We've lived in it. We've experienced the activity of God. We've seen it. Planted in 2010, this church has been firmly established from the word go by the grace of God. It's God alone who's opened the doors for us at the range. At, you know, Even if it was 23, 59 and 59 seconds, it's God who opened the doors for us to be right here in, in Cape Academy for this season. You know, we've seen and repeatedly and, and experienced hundreds of lives radically impacted by the gospel and the, and the power of believing community. We've seen salvation, baptisms, marriages starting, rescued, strengthened. We've seen people find belonging, hope, spiritual growth, mission, justice, renewal, city impact. I mean, guys, truth, this church has been through so many, challenge, so many challenges, trials, and setbacks. I mean, we've experienced the depths of darkness in the criminal activities of a past youth worker. We've faced leadership transitions, staff movements, and the relational impact that comes along with those changes at times, and sometimes they can be difficult. We've had gaps in next-gen leadership, venue relocations, COVID impact. I mean, for a church of 12 years, we have faced severe challenges. I don't know another church that has been through more than this church in its first decade of life. Yet, this church is alive with the activity of God. They're deep-seated relationships, gospel proclamation. I mean, there's missional impact, growing believers, marriages started, strengthened, even saved. I mean, if you've been here over the last two or even this last week, you can see, you can feel evidences of God's grace and activity amongst us. Seaberg is emerging from all of these challenges with a real sense of faith future and forward movement why because god is reminding us that it's he that started this work 
and he will put the finishing touches on it. We can be confident in the future of this local church. Now, what I love about this, I mean, does this just mean that we get to sit back and watch God work? You know, kind of, okay, God, if you're going to do it all, we, we, we're going to watch the show. But I love his prayer in verse 9. I mean, what an interesting place to put a prayer like this after the, this assurance of the activity of God. Verse 9 of Philippians 1, it says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. I mean, you catch another glimpse of the same thread in chapter 2, verse 12. It says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. You see, when we put our confidence in God, His grace gets to work in our lives, bringing us to maturity. Paul's charging them. He's saying, guys, God started this. God's going to see it through. He'll finish it. So give yourselves to maturity. Give yourselves to fruitfulness. He's saying, get stuck in. Lean in. If it is God that's at work here, if this really is something God started and God would see through, the most obvious and good thing we can do with our lives as Christ followers is get involved Get stuck in, give ourselves to the activity of God's spirit and his grace at work in our lives and move toward maturity, move towards greater and greater fruitfulness as a body. And what you end up with is just this incredible thing. It's like as God matures us and we see increasing fruit and evidences of God's grace, of God's grace, we kind of, it, it strengthens our confidence that God is at work here. And as our confidence gets strengthened, we kind of surrender more and more. We hear the call to grow and mature, and so it goes, and so it goes. But the other side can also be true. What can happen is sometimes we, we can put our confidence in other things, and as our confidence fades and grows dim, so our maturity and faithfulness also can stall or diminish. Don't do it, says Paul. Keep your confidence and your assurance in God alone. And he prays a, a bunch of things for them. I, I don't have time to go into them in this message. He says that your love will abound in knowledge and depth of insight, discerning what is best, being pure and blameless, filled with righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, this fruit of righteousness. I don't need to go in them all. I think for the purpose of this message, uh, the point is made. He, he's saying, guys, the point of this prayer is that the church will be filled with the fruit of righteousness takes us straight to John 15, doesn't it? John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I mean, guys, we live so much of our lives. And hey, maybe this is true of you, maybe not. As if, as if you're the vine. As if, as if you or I or we've got what it takes to live our lives for the glory of God, to bring God glory, to be and do what God's called us to be. We are not the vine. We are branches. He alone is the vine. We are branches. 
He is the vine. We graft into him and then we bear much fruit. Guys, let's freshly put our confidence in God. Let me remind you of my summary of this text. It is God who planted this church and it is God who will put the finishing touches on it. So all the while, grow in faithfulness together. I'm, I'm going to land the message here. I've got a few things that we did after the message, but three kind of areas of challenge or reflection that I want to want to leave us with. And the first is I want to ask you to take some time out today or this week to reflect on this question. Where does your confidence for Constantinburg lie? What have you been looking at? Who have you been looking at? Where have you placed your confidence for the future faithfulness and fruitfulness of Constantinburg? It's a fantastic question to ask and to reflect on. And then my one big challenge to all of us is to call us to greater prayerfulness. You know, the truth is, if our confidence is in God and in, and in His activity, that's where our dependence lies for the, the forward movement of His mission through this local church, then prayer must be our first port of call as we live out our faith. If this all depends on God and the activity of God, and yeah, leaders are important and other things are important. They're not, I'm not saying they're unimportant, but they're, they're not where we put our confidence. Our confidence must be in God. And when our confidence is in God, it means we pray. We pray dependent prayers, wholehearted prayers, persistent prayers. We pray for our leaders. We pray for the church's unity. We pray for our missional effectiveness. We pray for our growth and maturity as Christ followers. We pray for our kids and the next generation. Pray, we pray, we pray. We take our concerns, our disappointments, our doubts and hopes to God first. We process things with God in prayer. You know, before you... You, you talk to someone or share with someone maybe something you're struggling with in the life of the church or, you know, questions you've got or even a personal struggle. I want to encourage you to talk to God first. Before you make a voice note and send it to someone else, send a voice note to heaven. Let's go to God first. If he's where our confidence lies, then he's got the solutions. He's got the power to move and transform and to change things, whether it's to correct our hearts or to impact and change others god is where our confidence lies and so we pray to him first let's lift our eyes let's lift our voices to the author and finisher of our faith and my last challenge is to to say let's give ourselves give yourself to partnership in maturity and faithfulness right here in constantinburg <laughs> if god is at work and if he's the one who's called you to be a part of this local church, then the only thing you can do as a Christ follower is to put down your roots and lean in and get stuck in and give yourself to what God's doing. You know, he's calling you to serve your brothers and sisters right here. He's calling you to bring your, the fullness of regular committed giving and generosity into the, into the storehouse. You know, regular committed giving, it's, it's not something that I call you to. It's not something that the church needs. This is a biblical teaching and conviction. This is something that God teaches us to do, not only for the sake of the church, but for our own good. And when we hold back, we're hurting not only ourselves, but we're hurting the forward movement of the kingdom. And, and we've got to ask the question, where does our confidence lie? Where does our desire for obedience lie? 
We've got to look to honor God first. I want to say to you, hey, join a life group or come on Sundays. I mean like three out of four Sundays, not one out of three or, or one out of four or when it's convenient for you. Man, life groups are an extension of Sundays. They're not a church. And so I want to encourage you guys, come to church. That's why we're going to two meetings in two weeks' time. We want to create more space for more and more of you to, to be right here amongst us. And one more thing. And remember, I did say that, and as you've heard, I, I couldn't preach the sermon in another church. I mean, this is a message from you know a, a pastor, a father in the house to the church. And this last point, more than ever, if you aren't sure that God is calling you to put down your roots right here in this local church, I want to encourage you to, to respond to that. We don't want you, I don't want you to hang around um, for a wrong reason, you know, for my sake or for your sake or what you think God wants from you. I want to encourage you to go to God on this thing. And, and if you are convinced that God is starting this church that God is going to finish the work that he's begun. And if you believe that God's placed you right here for this season of your life, then surely as a Christ follower, you're putting down your roots. You're leaning in. You're giving yourself in obedience to God, to what he's doing here for us as a local church. And, and, and go to God. And if you're feeling like, actually, I'm not sure that this is where God wants me for this season, or I've got some doubts, or I've got some questions. I want to say to you first, take it to God. And then come and chat to us. We really aren't scary people. You know, we're just like you. We're, you know, we're trying to serve God's church. We want what the very best for you. We want to bless you. And come and process with us after you've taken it to God in prayer. Come and, come and chat to us. We can, we can pray together. We, we can work this thing out together. We're not precious about you being part of this local church. We want you to be where you sense God is calling you to be. And then we want you to give yourself fully to that. Okay, let me, let me land the message right there. Uh, bless you guys. Thank you so much for giving this a listen. Cheers.